Hello, this is Scott Pierce with the American College of Radiology, and I'm here today with Geraldine McGinty, Vice Chair of the ACR Board of Chancellors. And today we're talking about a topic that will most certainly impact radiologists in the future, the Medicare Access and CHIP Reauthorization Act, or more commonly known as MACRA. So Dr. McGinty, thank you very much for joining me today to talk about this. In 2015, President Obama signed MACRA into law to repeal the sustainable growth rate formula. In the following year, CMS established the Quality Payment Program to implement MACRA. So can you tell us a little bit more about the Quality Payment Program and the two payment tracks it creates? Sure. So as you said, Scott, the MACRA legislation was signed into law in April of 2015. And over the next year and a half, what Medicare did was they took that legislation and fashioned a program with the intention of really accelerating value-based payments in Medicare. We've seen value-based payments through programs like PQRS, the Physician Quality Reporting System that I think many radiologists are familiar with. But to be frank, the incentives have been small, the reporting burdens have been significant, and although radiologists have participated in PQRS at a rate higher than many other specialties, I don't think it's necessarily had the kind of impact on driving value in imaging care that we would all have hoped. So the Quality Payment Program, and Medicare loves an acronym, so the QPP, has two main tracks. The MIPS track, the Merit-Based Incentive Payment System, and the APM track, the Alternative Payment Model track. Essentially, both of them are programs that either um, give bonuses or impose penalties, um, depending on the radiologist meeting certain quality metrics. The big difference between them is that the alternative payment model track requires you to take significant financial risk so that if you don't provide the quality of care that you've committed to, that you would actually be subject to uh, a more significant penalty. Now, there are some penalties on the MIPS side, but really I think that the financial risk is what differentiates the two programs. So how can radiologists determine which track they're best suited for. You talked about more risk being involved in one or the other. How is it possible for radiologists to really determine what is the appropriate track for them to take? Well, in the first order, as the program rolls out, essentially, it's not necessarily going to be a choice. If you're already in one of the advanced alternative payment models that qualifies for that track, and those are things like the Medicare Shared Savings Program with downside risk or the oncology care model with downside risk. You're probably going to know that through your institution. And if you don't, obviously, you, you could check in with your institution. What Medicare has said and what we know is that the vast majority of radiologists, even radiologists in large health systems like mine who have an ACO, we're mostly going to be in MIPS. So it's there, I don't think there are a lot of choices for radiologists at the beginning. Certainly, what the legislation also sought to do was set up specialty-specific value-based payment models. There's a lot of work going on that. Uh, with that. Uh, the committee that's going to advise the HHS secretary, the Health and Human Services Secretary, on that is called the PTAC, the Physician Technical Advisory Committee. They are now accepting proposals from specialty societies about specialty-specific payment models. We have a lot of smart people at the college working on what those might look like for radiology. So we may well find ourselves, as this program matures, with the opportunity for radiologists to choose a specialty-specific uh, alternative payment model. We're not, yet, we're not yet there. When will these new payment models take effect, and how can radiologists prepare for those implementation? I know there's a lot of uncertainty. I talked to a lot of doctors at RSNA, for example, that were sort of frantic about, okay, January 1, what is going to happen to me? Great, great question. So um, the legislation was passed in 2015. The first payments associated with the legislation will be in 2019, either bonuses or penalties. 
But obviously, Medicare has to look at one's performance and measure it against everyone else's performance. That takes time. So what we call the measurement year, the period of time when you're working and being measured, we're in it. It's happening now. It started on January 1st. Now, that said, Medicare definitely recognized exactly what you said. A lot of physicians are very anxious. And in fact, Medicare didn't come out with their final rules of implementation until the end of October of 2016. So it was going to be very challenging for us all to get organized before January 1st. So they, they implemented a, a program that they called Pick Your Pace. So if you're a, pr a practice that's really just thinking about this for the first time, and that's perfectly fine. We all have a lot of other things going on. You can report one measure and basically just um, essentially just show up in the program and you, Medicare's promised you will not be penalized and this is for 2017. If on the other hand you're a practice that's gung-ho, ready to go and is going to be reporting, uh, feel, feeling comfortable reporting for the whole of 2017, you can be eligible for a bonus in 2019. So there's a lot of flexibility there. The other thing that Medicare did um, without wishing to go too much into the weeds of the program, for the MIPS program, you're getting a score based on several different components of quality and cost. Um, and essentially what Medicare will do is they'll set what they call a performance threshold. If your score is above that, and they could take everyone's scores, combine them. If your score is above that, you'll get a bonus, and if it's below it, you'll get a penalty. You might imagine that that performance threshold is going to be at about the, 50, the score of 50. It's the, scores, uh, the total possible score is 100. Well, they've shifted that performance threshold to three for the first year. So you, as you can see, pretty much everyone's going to be above average, as they say, for Lake Wobegon um, for the first year. They really are anxious, I think, to make sure that everyone gets used to doing this and that gets comfortable. Well, great. And you, you've mentioned a, a couple of times penalties and risks. And mm -hmm. for, for those of us that are more risk averse, what are some of the uh, larger, uh, uh, what, what does radiologists stand to lose in, in terms of lack of implementation or not getting on board as quickly as possible and focusing on those more value-based delivery mechanisms? That's a great question. So with the MIPS program, um, starting in 2019, the first payment year, um, for the first year, the potential bonus is 4%, the potential penalty is 4%. That grows uh, so that by 2025, it's 9% up and down. So 9% your of your Medicare payments are at risk, either as you have an opportunity to get a bonus or, or at risk for a penalty. So I think that's, you know, I think that's a meaningful, the PQRS um, bonuses and penalties were only ever a couple of percentage points. This, I think, is certainly enough to get everyone's attention. Yeah, 9% is not insignificant, no. so, yeah, absolutely. And, and just the last thing, where, uh, so it's tough to cover a topic like this as dense and as rich as it is in, in a short podcast like this, so where can doctors and radiologists go to get more information, more resources in terms of how they can prepare and, and know what they need to know in order to move forward? Well, I'm delighted to say that there is a wealth of resources on the ACR's website. Right on the front page, there's a button that says Be Macro Ready, and it will take you into an absolute cornucopia of resources. And uh, we recognize that everyone's hitting this at different paces. Um, there's a great webinar on, uh, webinar on there right now from my colleague, Greg Nicola, who's the chair of the ACR's macro committee. Greg, I think, knows that legislation better even than the people that wrote it. So, you know, that's a very detailed webinar. But I'm, there are also tools about what metrics to pick. And it's a great uh, range of resources. So I would say make the ACR your resource. One of the other things that's important to know is that a key reporting methodology to make reporting easier and also to get some extra credit is reporting through a registry. That's where you submit your data into a database. 
allows you to be benchmarked against your peers, and then that data gets submitted electronically to Medicare. So as I say, it's, it's easier to report that way, there are more measures available, and you get extra credit. The ACR has what's called a, clinical, a qualified clinical data registry. So it qualifies for all of those benefits, and I think that's a key way to think about succeeding under the macro legislation. Fantastic. We can't thank you enough for your time and for all your work. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me.